Welcome to the very first episode of the Ins and Outs podcast. Yeah, baby. Yes, Polly. We are so excited to be here. This podcast is really all about helping you with any inside-outside dilemmas you have. In this very first episode, we are going to be telling you about how we got into the industry, about our career journeys, and giving you some advice on how you can break the industry yourself. And if you've got no interest in being in the industry, then we're here to help you with all of your home and garden dilemmas and to answer any of your questions. We are going to be giving you the highs and lows, delving a little bit into our personal lives. And finally, you're going to hear a little bit about puking children and how Polly got blanked by the Queen. So this is a limited six episode series. So for us to keep going with this, we really need you guys to like, subscribe and follow the podcast so that we know that you're loving it and that you're learning something and that you want to hear more. So don't forget to do that. So the reason for this podcast is not just that we can sit and have a good chinwag. It's actually because we really want to help people and not make the mistakes that we see happen so much in so many of our projects and with so many of our clients. So we are doing this podcast to help you guys. We're going to talk about back to basics. So first of all, how the hell you look at a layout on your house or your garden or where do you start on what is quite a daunting project? We're going to talk about light. We're going to talk about colour. And then most excitingly, we're going to take some questions and do a full on agony on solve your problems from paint colours to plants. And that's going to be in the final final episode. Yes, it will. Of our first season. Let's start it. Let's okay, do it. Let's do I'm it. so excited. Let's start right from the top, Paul. Who are you? That's a big, deep question. I know it's deep. You can go as deep as you like. You know, you can keep it quite surface or you can go real deep. Wow. You know, I like it deep. Oh, oh my God, I just did that again. What is wrong with me? Everyone knows my mind. Oh. I know it. Stop. filthy um who am i yes who is pollyanna wilkinson who is pollyanna wilkinson who is her essence how did you become the super successful badass woman that you are today <laughs> more praise uh so we've got really differing stories actually so i i, I freaking love this because i love hearing how people particularly creatives get into to where they are so bleh. Like loads of people, I think, um, maybe I'm speaking for too many people, I followed the trajectory that my parents were comfortable with, which was like, go to school, go to uni, get a good salary job. Uh, for me, it was, uh, I was a management consultant at Deloitte, you know, straight out of uni, boop, into that corporate gig, you know, climb that ladder. And I lasted uh, nine months and I was not loving it. I didn't love it because I was posted to um, a council in... Herefordshire. So I left Deloitte and I briefly flirted with event management, but I worked somewhere where you had to buy your own loo roll, which I always thought was a bit weird. <laughs> what? There was a company The you office had just to buy... never had loo rolls, so you had to go down and buy your oh. own loo roll. And then I just fell into legal marketing. I think a lot of people in their 20s, you don't know what you're doing and you just kind of work with recruiters. And then I found myself there for a decade and I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I just kind of kept doing it. Until, like many women our age, I had kids and I knew I wanted to work just because uh, I just didn't, wasn't really cut out for being, staying at home with them, love them, don't really want to be with them all day. And so I had to ask myself that question of if I'm paying an extortion amount in childcare, then it better be for something that I really want to do. Mm. So that is when I retrained. It took ages to figure out what I wanted to do. That's so interesting. So what age did you 
leave what you're doing to then enter into getting a design job. 30. Yeah, this is really amazing because I find that design is quite an aspirational career choice. Mm. And therefore, I think exactly as you just said, I think a lot of people don't do it because they think it's not going to particularly pay well, which I'll be really honest, it doesn't. You do it more for the love of it. But I do think that a lot of people do exactly what you say, maybe a little bit of persuasion from their parents to go and make sure that they, only because they care and they want you to be, you know, secure. But then you enter and getting into jobs that just, you know, pay the bills and you can earn well, better than you could in a creative job. Yeah. And actually, I do have to own that I was only able to retrain as a result of having the kids and then being very small and Mm. I sort of retrained whilst they were at home and then started the business at the same time as kind of having them at home so it kind of grew with the kids and I appreciate that that's a luxury I was able to do it because retraining is expensive starting a business from scratch and earning peanuts for the first few years is a luxury that a lot of people yeah can't have which again is why either you have to do it when you're younger and have support from your parents or do it later in life when you can have support from a partner or you know you have that sort of financial security that does tend to be why the career change happens into design which is why we hear so much from I know we, this is why we wanted to talk about this sort of career so much in design is that the the amount of people that come to us and ask how do I get into design I'm in this job how can I leave where do I go where do I study I think it's easy to say it's not a quick fix I'm going to do a three-month course and then start. You can, but you're still going to have to work in the same places. You're still going to have to, you know, work just as hard, harder, if you haven't had a haven't had an education in it. I, I started my studio very green. Mm. And you learn as you go. But I mean, all business owners learn as, as they go, I think. What was your salary? I didn't have one for two years. Mm. But equally, I sort of worked around the kids, so at least I wasn't paying childcare. But salary? yeah salary who has a salary as the first year like I, I was I d- designing for nothing uh for year one I was a design assistant and I was on 16 grand I was 26 years old that's tough but it's but you're doing it because you love it you want to do it yeah and that's the price you pay like I would have loved to have gone into a studio and I've talked mm. about this before but studios usually want full time mm. and I was like I've got two kids that have norovirus chicken pox every like vomiting bug going every other day how do you do that and and go and work in a studio and sort of prove yourself and climb that ladder on a five-day week usually in town yeah I couldn't I couldn't make it work so for me it was a case of I'm going to have to start on my own and it's just the business has grown with the children which is lovely and like many many others you're sort of scrappling around for work and offering to do things for friends for very little or for glasses of wine and then you do one and it begets another and it begets another and here we are eight years later uh, with a much bigger studio but it takes time and mm. those first years were tough yeah it's graft oh it's graft it's graft it's- kids when the kids are sleeping you are opening your laptop and working yeah it is relentless yeah there wasn't like a lot of coffee mornings mm. it was just working the evenings um working in between playgroups so I found it really tough and very lonely it's the loneliest thing and actually since I've listened to many podcasts about business and entrepreneurs business owners I am so actually quite reassured to hear how every business owner says it's the loneliest thing to own a business it's really lonely even now I still find it very lonely even now which is why I I remember so well Paul when you and I became friends in this big old design world I remember I had this sort of instant 
feeling of support because Mm. you don't have a business partner and I don't have a business partner. So we set up our businesses from scratch on our own from our dining tables and we've done it all on our our own backs with our own money off our own backs. And I think, and it's just hard graft motivation. And that's what's made us, you know, I'd say pretty successful today. I think that's what made us bond. But that's what bond made us bond. Cause we call, I remember we used to call each other and ask for advice on this client's done this, or I've got a problem with this contract or what would you do in this scenario? And I think because we're in the same industry, but removed by the fact that one's inside removed by wall, oh, divided, like separated by wall, <laughs> then it felt really appropriate. I could talk to you and ask you about anything. And turns out I think you're pretty awesome as well. Right back at your pal. Now, yeah. come on, you share your story because it's very different. Where do I start? I, from a young age, I would say I was always creative and it's probably the one thing that I was passionate about as a kid. I would always, I didn't like school. I never liked school and I was at an all girls private day school and I just never felt like I fit in. I always liked sort of playing with the underdog or I was always socialising in the corridor or I was always that kid that was just never, my, my head, my head teacher's words pulled my parents into a, into a classroom after school and said in front of me Joanna is never going to amount to anything all she does is spend her time socializing in the corridors or misbehaving in the toilets I used to get balls of tissue paper I was I had a a really good friend called Robin in school when I was in middle school and we used to go into the loo. I don't know what was our thing was we used to get this toilet tissue tissue paper and make it really wet and then throw it up at the ceiling and it would stick like a pancake Mm. on the ceiling of course one of our teachers walked in and found us doing it so I got in trouble but I wasn't a naughty kid I was just I never felt like I knew I never found my place I really felt so out of place I was so non-academic I didn't like academia anything it used to terrify me and so it always felt like the thick kid at school I always felt like the one that just wasn't you know and so I left that school went to sixth form college went to Isha college which is actually really like quite arty and a bit more media and I sort of felt like I fit in there but then I discovered boys because I'd been in an all-girls school and then boys became the subject that I became most interested in. And then that lasted a while. But I came out with just the same flair for art. I was always into art, always loved it. But I left, gosh, I then met a, met a tennis player, which is like really random, travelled on the ATP tour with him. And I kept, every time I sort of almost go to start something, I'd get distracted probably by a boy. Oh, gosh. And then, so when I came back, my mum was like, what are we going to do with you? Sat me down. Like you, you gave up your place to go to university to study some ridiculous Mickey Mouse subject that I was never going to amount to anything doing. And then I was like, do you know what? I, my mum put this newspaper article in front of me and it was about Foxton's. And she said, darling, you get a free car, you get a 16 grand salary and then, and you'll get a, uh, a, bon- a bonus, whatever. And I thought, do you know what? Fuck it. I'll do that. That sounds good. Um, I'm going to go and be an estate agent. So I went off to be a lettings uh, negotiator for Foxton's in Putney and loved it it was great I was in an office with like 12 blokes um oh, I bet they it was really you. good fun well it was just great fun apart from there was only one toilet and you can imagine what that's like so but that was really fun and I had a really good time and I bought and sold my first flat with my boyfriend at the time in Putney and but again I was just like what am I doing I'm doing a career just because I'm doing it to make money and to pay my I mean I was you know living in a little flat that I decorated the whole thing myself top to bottom I did all the into my entiling tiled the fireplace so I, even from that age, I always loved interiors. I mean, it probably looked god awful if you told me what it looked like now. I'd love to see some photos. But anyway, so then split up with that boyfriend, sold the flat. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm doing something I really don't like doing. And I saw an advert somewhere. Could have even been in a tube station for KLC Design School. Mm. 
So I looked into it and I couldn't afford the year course. So I couldn't afford to do the year. So I thought I'll just do the short course. And I did. And I started it. I was living with a girlfriend of mine in Chelsea at the time and renting a room off her. And I just dove headfirst. When I say headfirst into this course, I rolled up my sleeves and I threw myself at it at the age of 25 years old, I think I was. And I threw myself at it headfirst wholeheartedly and loved it like just loved that course so much and I would highly recommend Kelsey to anyone I loved it and I finally felt like oh my god I've finally found the thing that I wanted to do and money was never a driver for me I was never money driven at all I never have been never wanted expensive things or anything like that it was just I wanted to find my purpose in life and I think I'd finally found it and then I went off to study um I, I got my first job at a little interior design practice in Chelsea and and then I just worked my way out from there. But hard graft and a minimal salary, 16 grand, then to 18 grand, 21 grand. It's, I mean, it was, yeah, slow process. With the, I think it's more well paid now because I think it's a bit more established design. But yeah, and then I set up House 9 about eight years ago. Have you in your eight years of owning your own practice ever thought, fuck it, this is just too much like hard work. I'm really over this. This is just a lot. I have always loved it ever since I started. I have bloody loved it. I love it so much. I have felt agonisingly lonely. What do you absolutely love about it? Um, It's on my own terms, I think is a really big part of the business for me is sort of I can work as hard as I want and see success. So that I find very satisfying. I love the creativity. I love working with the clients. Like the very best projects are when they're like, we trust you you do you and they're oh it's just so delicious and working with plants I just it's a joy and I could talk about it forever so I've never been like I I want out I've wanted company uh, but now I have a team which is lovely but the only time where I've been truly devastated with my work is when I haven't when I've been at show gardens and not got the medal I wanted and I have something about your peers who are your judges judging you and you're not getting a gold medal is very painful oh really oh it feels that is the biggest failure I felt with my work and it was of my own volition you don't have to do show gardens it's your own choice is when I didn't get a gold and it's um you I still got a very good medal but I didn't get a gold and it's agonizing let's be really honest here Mm. let's just really honest I at the end of last year I was ready to throw the practice in. I'd had enough. Were you? Yeah. You didn't let on that to me. I know you were having I a tough time. About that. I was really to the point where I think I've, I've found running a practice and I have, I've obviously got a team and it's, you know, you're making ends meet. And it, it genuinely is like that. And the pricing structure in our industry is, is just, you know, it's really hard to try and figure out. Everyone prices differently, you know, some designers charge a lot more than others, depending on experience and clients. You sometimes lose clients because they'll go to someone else because they're cheaper, not because actually we can do a much better job for you, but because that person's cheaper. So there's a lot of competition out there. Mm. We were struggling with a couple of clients at the end of last year who just were being really difficult and making my team's life difficult. I've worked for companies where I was really not made to feel good about myself and I promised myself that if I had a studio of my own with a a team that I would look after them that Mm. they would it is so important that they are 
that they feel like it's a safe place and they can enjoy what they do and they're rewarded for their hard work and it just felt like we were just getting a bit of a battering last year just constantly and it's just felt like it was just one thing after another and honestly I felt like all I was doing was putting out fires and it was also trying to be a mum and and feeling like I wasn't doing well at that and because I felt like I wasn't doing any one thing right everything just felt like it was just a struggle and I just thought you know what maybe it would just be easier if it just went back to being me again and I felt and I was really at the last year funny enough was probably at my lowest point where I felt really lonely I felt really really lonely and and probably didn't ever speak about that to too many people but I felt like I was just at a point where I was like I'm just over having to manage other people's constantly manage other people's expectations when I know how hard we work and I know how hard my team work and I'm not going to have it anymore I'd rather just go back to just being me that's how I felt and I was having this conversation with a really good local friend of mine at our local pub and her husband was there and he'd done this brilliant course this business course and he was like mate it sounds like you need to do like you need some help mm-hmm. you know you don't have a therapist you don't have a business coach you don't have a mentor you just need some help you've been doing this a long time and you haven't you know in a, in a business it is a lonely place it's a really it's hard to know really what you're doing especially when you're doing it on your own and so I did I jumped on this business course and that was an intense three-month period of like just learning and picking my business part and learning everything there was to know about it and then putting it all back together again and now have come honestly started this year with a completely new perspective like I am a new person in business it's amazing oh I love that yeah but I honestly last year was at my lowest point I was like, I'm, I'm over this. But I do think you, as a business owner, you have ebbs and flows of it just feeling really fucking great. And then the next minute the wave crashes and you're just like, this is just, you know, such hard work. I've worked so hard on this and it's so thankless. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're taking someone's money and you're responsible for it and making something beautiful for them. And it, and you're sadly off the back of that also responsible for every single supply and trade and everything else that comes into it i know you're how you run how garden design works is slightly different because we do all the procurement yes of everything down to the the fabric and the lines and the you know the flooring and the wood no, and the a lot of builders and the contractors mm-hmm. and the project managers and the architects and so th- there's so many facets of our business people that you have to manage that it can be relentless i think relentless, relentless is the word i would use and it's it's really interesting um when I go and speak at, at sort of colleges and schools about this and a lot of people want to go into business on their own it's the one thing I say is you're going to be really lonely and you will never have a day off again but on the flip side of that I would encourage anyone not everybody has it in them to run their own ship I just think that's a I just think you do or you don't and some people are really happy just working for other people and I totally and utterly get that but I do think I would still encourage people to not take what we've said and not want to start their own business because I do think it is challenging it is lonely it is relentless but but, it's, awesome. but it's awesome yeah, yeah. you wouldn't do it we love it and, and, and it's a challenge so every day is different the bigger you get the bigger the studio gets the bigger the challenges become the bigger the problem problems become yeah. but the better you manage them and the stronger you become and you put you put really good people around you so we're both mums mm-hmm. and business owners How'd you find that? Oh, it's it's a challenge in that I'm doing it because I love what I do. I started House Nine before I'd had Ziggy. I actually thought I couldn't have children. So I went through quite a struggle of not having, being able to have kids. So when I then did get pregnant with Ziggy, I'd already, my, my child, my baby was House Nine. Mm. So then when I was pregnant, 
I worked right up until I dropped. And then when I dropped, I was literally back to work. I had a strapped on me. We were doing Gower Rock Hotel in Devon, this hotel that we designed. And I had her strapped on me with a bit in a baby carrier. And she was three days old and I was on a building site. And I remember I didn't put nipple pads in. I forgot to put nipple pads on. <laughs> and I was literally <laughs> leaking milk. And the, the guys on site were like, Jojo, you've got some, oh, oh, something, something going some, on there. Some, a little bit of milk in your tea. And I just remember being like, this is just so unheard of that anyone would do this. And I remember my mum came down with me because brad was working at the time and i and i and my mum was like you you're on a building site why you you've got to take some time off jojo and i was like i can't i i, I can't this is like the, this is my this is what i do like i have to be here i have to see this through and i that was it i i didn't go back from there there was no time off i didn't have maternity leave i didn't do coffee mornings i didn't go to mum clubs i was just working so i i think it caught up with me later that i really felt like i'd not given her my full that sort of early days time but I ran my own business so I could spend time with her in the morning and I could you know I take her work to work with me I had her in the office with me a lot and in a pram in the office while I was trying to sort of work and and the girls obviously their team were amazing and so although it has its sort of it downsides I think as I've then become a mum with now a five and a three-year-old they need me more than they did then so now it's more like I I hate myself when I'm I'm so in work mode at the end of the day and they come home from school and I'm on my phone and I and I just need to do this and they're like mummy 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 and I'm like I I can't right now darling I've just got to send this email and I can see their little faces and they just want me mm. and I'm just like oh what do I put first you know and you you can't you can't you ne- you're constantly torn I think any working mum will just know it's so hard because you constantly feel like you're you, you know what should you be putting first you know because one ha- one pays the bills and it's something you love and the other one is something you love but that needs you and you know so it's a real it's a balancing act it's just it's it's hard but it's brilliant I love it I love both of it like I genuinely am saying that I'm not trying to now sugarcoat it both are, are bloody brilliant and fucking challenging both at the same time it's not all work you've no. just been on holiday looked epic <sighs> two-week holiday which I don't think I'd ever not do again and again this is what another reason when you run your own business you can take time you can take you can take business away with you obviously like again kids are kids are really hard work and <laughs> you know and if you haven't unless you've got help it's full-on and and we we had some really funny experiences when we were away of when we turned up Rocky brought a sick bug with her mm. and was like she literally threw it. oh my god we went to the supermarket and uh day one and you know when you know a little one's not well because they get very clingy and cryy. Yeah. And we thought it was maybe because she was tired. We just got the flight. First things first, let's just get to the fucking supermarket and yeah. stock up the fridge for when we get to yeah. the villa. So we're going around. We're, li- we're going like super speed, like around this foreign supermarket, up and down the aisles, throwing stuff in right with the getting there. And Rocky is just going more and more pale. And she's just really grisly. And I put her in the little trolley bit that yeah. they can sit in. Got to the final aisle, which is my favourite aisle. Booze. The booze aisle. Nice genuinely this sounds like i'm making this up we we genuinely got to the booze aisle which is the very last aisle in the supermarket and we're pu- pulling out pulling out the poolian reds and the roses <laughs> and then i'm sort of probably, it's probably spending a bit too much time looking at the label anyway starting putting them in and rocky's just like like this and i was like fuck so i picked her up pulled her out and i was like oh god she's gonna go she's gonna go and she just went like this and just 
projectiled all over the wine aisle and then she did it like three times and of course he's standing there holding my arm going mummy mummy what's wrong with her mummy and you know and their eyes are just like Ugh. you know it was just and I was like fuck like, clean like up on aisle five. And you know when you know when the part of your brain is like oh my god my poor child and you want to hug and you're like I really don't want to get sick all over me so you're like oh darling darling and then and then at the same time you're also the other the other part of your brain's like my god how are we going to pay for all the shopping but I should I go to the hospital okay and and like million things going on in my head so I was like I'll take the child you buy the shopping and then I got her outside and of course Brad's like do I buy the shopping do I not buy the shopping anyway I'm sitting in this air-conditioned car with her like rocking her thinking oh my god where's the nearest hospital anyway she had this sick bug that she'd bought I think I don't, know, I don't even know if it was COVID or what it was, but we had that for three days. In this, yeah. Did you learn how to say in Italian, I'm sorry for all the sick? No, I think it was probably quite obvious from our reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was projectile. It was, it was fun. We laughed about it actually. Even Rocky laughed about it afterwards. We thought it was quite amusing. And then, uh, then the following week, the girls were outside in the villa playing magic potions i basically give them a jam jar each fill them with a little bit of water and they go off around the garden and they put things in and make it like a magic potion of, i do something very similar do you like or like perfume or something mm. i'm sort of in the house i thought i'll go out and check where they are it's gone very quiet you know when it goes quiet that's never good news quiet it went really quiet and i was like where are the little fuckers and suddenly these like pitter patter they came running in straight past me into the bathroom and they were like we're so beautiful and i was like hmm and I walked in and they had got the craft scissors and absolutely gone to town on their hair. Like like weird Barbie. Oh no. Think Liam Gallagher circa nineteen ninety front, back, like a German biker. Oh. Yeah. German biker stroke Liam Gallagher. So chic. It was really not chic. <laughs> It was, oh I cried. I cried in the shower. I was so upset. I was like, oh my God, she's starting school. I mean, I had to pull myself together, like gave myself a slap. JJ, sort yourself out. It's bloody hair. But I just looked at my little girl who had this beautiful, blonde, beachy baby hair. And it is just this mashup of biker and Noel. That's one for the wedding though, pal. That's, 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 that's a story the for the ages. Have you had any shockers like that with your kids? Absolute shockers. They used to crap in the garden sometimes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, don't we all? <laughs> they thought that was uh, fertilizer. fertilizer. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. You know, because you know, wild we with little boys yes. out and about. Well, maybe with little girls oh, no, too. Girls do too. Girls. Yeah. So I'd be like, wild we. And I think they just took the wild we to a, to a next a level. Wild poo. And I was like, no, you've crossed a line. You've crossed a line. You've done pretty well then. You've, you've, you've got quite well behaved boys. I wouldn't go that far, pal. I just think that they've, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been no scissors incidents. I mean, they've vomited everywhere. Once one of them vomited in my mouth. Oh, God. Just a little. Just a little. How but old are we talking? It, he was only three. Okay. We had, that's, had, a way, that's a direct way of getting neurovirus. Taking it back to business here, because that's we're meant to be being helpful. Sorry if we're not. Mm. But what about you with running your business and the boys? How do you cope with it? Well, I've been very lucky. My, my now ex-husband, or almost ex-husband, it takes a long time to divorce, um, <laughs> is... He Depend, was depends how amicable it is. But, but but it's the whole paperwork. You've got to wait yeah. a lot of weeks. It's a whole thing. Um, but he was amazing. I mean, he was integral to why I became a garden designer. Incredibly supportive man and just a brilliant guy. He was very Gwyneth and Chris. He was super supportive of me training. He was super supportive of the business. Uh, he also runs his own business. So we then found ourselves, as the business grew, in a really challenging place of both running our own 
having no work boundaries and and tag teaming just like you but being like it's your turn it's your turn it's your turn Mm. so I found that very tricky and the thing I find hardest and it's my own problem but I think a lot of women face it is I'm so I'm so defensive of my business and not Mm. being painted as a hobbyist in my career so I I really worry that people like oh she's a mum so she's not going to be as committed as that man who's not a mum it's and that's that's my thing right that that's is but so interesting I'm which is why I share so much less about my life on social media because I'm worried I will be seen as less competent or less as a professional and that's oh you know the patriarchy let's not get into that but that's my stuff but I think it's something a lot of female business owners feel yeah I do I, funnily enough I think it's the opposite for me where really? I think when I had children I suddenly felt more accepted as a woman with like a mother because it was much more relatable to my clients because most of my clients, I'm going to say 90% of them have children. Yeah. And therefore they wanted to have somebody that got it. Yeah. Because when I'm designing a house and even actually none of my team yet have little ones. And it's interesting because I will always pick up on the things like, oh, you've got to think about that because obviously at that level or you've got to think about that, the baskets, you've got to think about the toys and you've got to, you know, so actually it's like a, there's a practical element of being a mum that you might not think about. So actually for me, I think it's been a... I think it's a strength and a superpower. Mm. And same as you, when we're designing gardens, there is often a child that will be using that garden, whether it's a grandchild or a child. And I am a stronger designer for it. But so it's my thing. And I, it's an insecurity yeah. that I think mm. a lot of women business owners you know trying to juggle everything and prove that you can still run a very successful business whilst juggling children uh, I mean it is a superpower you also I I've got to this point in my career now where like I said earlier and this is probably since having my absolute you know I sort of hit my limit at the end of last year I actually now only want to work with people that I can be truly authentic with yes and that means everything that means my life I'm not going to hell. There's no holes barred. And I think that's when magic happens because you're working with clients that are on the same page as you. And I think actually, if I would, I would put that aside and think, no, you know, be with me because of everything I am and everything I bring. That's what I, I think you're right, pal. Mm. I just think it's, it's like the little gremlin in the back of the head, right? Being like, but pal, did you not get the people's choice award at Chelsea flower show? The the Chelsea Flower Show. Is it the biggest flower show in the world? Yeah. 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 So you got people's choice, a lot of people. You got the choice awards at the biggest garden show in the world. No, it's epic. That was that's like probably career highlight today. Yeah. Gold will come later. And isn't there royalty as well at Chelsea Flower Show? Did you meet any of the royals? Well, that was that was that was <laughs> that was such a that was like a career highlight and a career lowlight all in once. So I was told this year I did a garden at Chelsea for the RHS, not judged, absolute dream. And I was told, Polly, you're celebrating women in horticulture, so Queen Camilla is going to come and see it. Uh, stand by your garden for like an hour beforehand and wait; she will come. And so I stood there, and you had this crowd watching me standing there, looking all sort of prim, waiting to talk her through my sort of female horticultural her- heroines, and here she comes here she comes and there's like a crowd watching and then she just walked straight past me oh god <laughs> and I had my mate there ready with the camera and he's just got a picture of my slightly disappointed face as she just walked past oh no 
<laughs> but you know, I've got a picture with her, like with her hair, and me being like, "Oh, did you not even get like a side eye or a wave?" Or... I wondered if it would be uncouth to tap her on the shoulder and be like, "You've you, you've missed it, oi, oi." Um, but you know, the SAS might have taken me down. Oh, so right. uh, you know, nice to be picked, but oh. I think they were running late. So okay, let's go back to the People's Choice Award. You won the People's Choice Award. I won the People's Choice Award. Just not Camilla's, apparently. <laughs> Camilla, if you watch her eyes, that she liked it, <laughs> or when she was looking the other way. <laughs> Next time, you were there too, weren't you, my friend? We've had a couple of years at Chelsea together. Well, yeah, I didn't know about. I didn't know about Camilla, I have to say, because that's quite lol. Um, but yes, I've done a couple of Chelsea's as well now, which is a very a huge privilege. It is. Mm, that was that was a real career highlight, actually. I felt really proud of doing that. I have to say, hugely proud. We well, don't get many interior designers at Chelsea. No, flower don't. show. I have got to tell you something though. Mm. Um, Camilla actually came and sat with me and had a <laughs> glass of champagne. We were having a chat. Was she was like- asking. Do you see Polly's gone? Oh, no, she didn't actually mention you. She was just asking me about me and what I was up to. <laughs> She's apparently said she'd had enough of gardens. <laughs> Next week, we can go back to basics. Yes. Get down and dirty with how to start interior and garden design. Okay, so back to basics. What does it mean? It means we're taking you back to the basics of design, where we start. When we start out in a design, whether it be a renovation or new landscape garden design, where we start. I'm excited. It's going to be helpful. Okay, there's, a, there's a lot of info. Mm. We've got a lot to cover. Well, look, back to the reason we're doing this is because we want to help people. We want to help you guys. And therefore, later in the season, we are going to have an episode that is just fully your questions. Anything no horse barred, just for you guys. We've actually created another Instagram account called the underscore ins and written outs underscore so that you can send in your questions that way. We will probably put this on our Instagram account so that you can pick this up. But send all your questions in to there so that in the final episode we can answer all your questions which I'm really looking forward to that'll be really good fun maybe we get Andy to maybe Andy you can pull the questions out of the hat and you could ask them and then we can sit here and just answer them for you Polly and Jojo question time Polly and Jojo question time fired at us by Andy Rowe there you go this is the cringy bit Mm -hmm. but it's got to be done um we need you guys to follow, like, subscribe this podcast if you've enjoyed it. Because if you don't, it basically sort of dies a sad death. And if you do, we know that you like it. And we'll keep going. We can do more. Yeah. Yeah. So validate us by following us, liking us or subscribing. We'd really appreciate that. We would. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I'm a bit What's sweaty. What's that from? That is from something. First episode in the can. First episode in the can. Should we not do that though? <laughs> Let's scat that bit. Okay, so. <laughs> that's, that's gold. I've been waiting for.